Hello, Dream Leapers. Hello to all of you who are joining me for this very special time of being together for Dream Leapers Inspiration. I'm your host, Harriet Cole. So very happy to be with you. You know what? I was thinking this is a very special time for a lot of reasons. I started Dream Leapers Inspiration in April of 2020. So if we go back and think about what that means, those of you who were with me then, you know, it was about a month after lockdown began. The coronavirus pandemic hit the world. We were told to go home in March. And so many of us were home and feeling incredibly isolated. Uh, Whatever our life circumstances were, suddenly things came to a halt. If we were moving about, going to work, taking our children to school, traveling, whatever we may have been doing, we were told, turn it around, turn yourself around and go home. And now for about a year, we've been venturing out little by little, depending upon who you are and what your circumstances are, the venturing out has been greater or lesser, but the lockdown has been lifted. Now, as we know, that doesn't mean that COVID is gone, but the imminent danger of death from COVID is gone, thank God, because of vaccinations and other medications. So as we are re-emerging, re-emerging into life, and I'm not going to say as we knew it, although I know a lot of people are thinking that, how can I get back to the life I had? That life is gone. We only have the moment we're in and hopefully the one that we're about to enter. Things that happened in the past are exactly that, the past. They're gone. Now we certainly can learn from the past and I hope that all of us do, but we cannot go back and recreate the past because it's gone and all the circumstances have changed. Certainly in this time, right now, three years after the COVID epidemic sent us home, life is different. Do you feel that? Do you see how life is different? I find it to be so incredibly different. There are a lot of things that happened, good things and challenging things. One of the challenges that I think turned into something good, again, that going home and having to stay home. Literally, if you lived in a big city like I do, you were told go inside your house and don't really come out for a long period of time. What happened then? For many people, well, for all of us, we had to figure out a new rhythm, a new way of working, of being, of how we spend our time, how we divide our time. For many people, it meant working nonstop if they, we were fortunate enough to have work, engaging each other over a video source became the way that we could see each other. And interaction with others for for many increased. I remember I was working with a client. I live in New York. This client is in LA. And typically, pre-COVID, the way I would work with them would be several times a year, I would travel to LA to spend time with them. 
which was wonderful to do. But with the advent of COVID, what happened is we would turn on our computers, ask the camera to turn on, and boom, there we were with each other. And this group of people who are part of a company, a well-established company, described something that happened for them that I think was an unintended consequence. Namely, they grew closer to their colleagues who were across the country because they got to see them at least once a week on a video call. Technology helped them so that they became closer. For me, while at the very beginning of COVID, my business dried up to just about nothing because the way that I work is one-on-one or one with a group of people doing coachings. And I, I come to people wherever they are. Well, there was no coming to anybody then. We were stuck at home. And we didn't know if the coaching work would work virtually like we communicate every day now. So at first, it went to nothing. And then it blossomed to more work than I had had in a very long time because we all realized we can connect differently. So there was, I wonder if this was true for you. For me, there was a moment of panic at first. Oh my goodness, what am I going to do? How am I going to survive? How is this going to work? And then continuing to work hard and have faith and work to see beyond the confines of the moment helped me to get to a place that was better than I'd ever anticipated. I wonder what happened for you. When I look back at my life and career, I have similar things that I notice about thinking I really want something to happen right now in the moment. And then it doesn't. You know, I may have this big dream. I want this for my life. Because as you know, I believe in dreaming. This is dream leapers after all. I believe in harvesting that dream, the big one. And then another big one, and another big one, and then working to make it manifest. And very typically, whatever that dream is that I've had, and my sense of urgency to get it to launch, that's good to have that sense of urgency, but also, I've learned over the years, it has to be tempered with patience. Because just just the fact that I want something to happen in a particular amount of time usually has nothing to do with how quickly it's going to happen. Have you ever had that occur in your life where you want something, you are working hard for it, you believe in it, you've aligned others to support you, and yet it takes way longer, way longer than you expect. And what happens then? Sometimes we feel deflated. Sometimes we are mad. Sometimes we feel like there's something wrong with us. Why can't we make this thing happen? Sometimes we, very often, we point our finger at others and blame them. It's got to be your fault. This is not happening because of something that someone else put in our way, that there's an obstacle, an impediment that is there. Why? Because of you not because of me. It's your fault. I'm doing the work. You did it. Have you ever done that? Well, you know, one of my most famous sayings is 
when you start pointing your finger at others, wrestle that finger around. It's not easy to do, y'all. Wrestle that finger around, point it at yourself, and ask yourself, what is my role in this? How did I get here? What is my responsibility to turn it around? Rather than blaming others, what can I do to fix this? And by the way, what did I do to get myself here in the first place? That is so hard to do. I I say it often. I remind myself. I remind others. This process of self-reflection and accepting responsibility is essential for a fulfilled life, for a contented life, for a real life. You have to look at what you have thought, said, and done and the consequences thereof and figure out next. If you don't take the time to process whatever has occurred in your life, here's what's going to happen. You're going to repeat it. You're going to take a step in another direction, perhaps, that has nothing to do with your goal because you did not think it through, weigh the odds, look at the horizon, and work hard to determine what the next step forward is. If you sort of stumble your way through, you'll be lucky, sometimes we are, to happen upon what you need, but way better, it's way better for you to be self-reflective and figure out what would be the most thoughtful, strategic approach to handling a situation that may not be comfortable for you. So I spent a day this past weekend with a wonderful actress who has been in the business for a long time. And soon the interview I did with her will be published. So I'll let you know about that when it comes. But there's one thing that she said to me that stuck with me, and I want to share it with you. This person is Shirley Ralph. Now, some of you may remember her, depending upon your station in life, meaning how old you are, you may remember that she was in the original Dreamgirls. That was a long time ago. I think about 40 years ago. And over time, she's been in many different productions, but she recently won an Emmy in, in whatever the last one was a couple months ago for her role in the television sitcom Abbott Elementary. I highly recommend that you watch it if you haven't seen it yet. And I'm going to say, even if you aren't a big fan of comedy, it's way more than comedy. There are tremendous life lessons that come out of this uh, piece of work, which is a weekly television series. Anyhow, she won an Emmy at age 65. 65. And it was the first Emmy she's ever won. She had been nominated for a Tony way back with uh, Dreamgirls, but, and she has won other awards, but this is the biggest award she's ever won. And she won it at age 65. And so in the course of our conversation, which you will be able to read when it comes out, the one thing that she said that stuck with me is the advice that she would give to her younger self, and it is to be patient. Be patient. For her, patience meant 40 years 
of being an actress, getting out there, doing her thing, and being her best, refining her skills, crafting her work, and not necessarily waiting for acknowledgement because that's not what we do. That's not smart. But continuing, working hard, choosing excellence, making choices that stay with you and in alignment with your integrity and being patient and trusting that what's supposed to happen will happen. Be patient. What does that mean to you? Because on the one hand, we are taught that we need to drive hard. We need to work so hard in order to get to whatever our goal is. We need to be laser focused on our goal in order to make it happen. So on the one hand, that doesn't sound like patience. That sounds like pushing, like super hard work, like don't give up, stay the course, do your best, keep on working, you know, keep on striving. We know those cheerleading things that people say that are important. But on the other side of this is be patient. How does that work? So I'm going to give you an example from my own career. When I was 12 years old, I tell this story a lot. It's when I knew that I was interested in writing and in fashion. I used to write poetry and on little pieces of paper and hide them in a shoebox in my room because I was shy and I knew I wanted to write, but I didn't think that my writing was worthy of showing other people. So I just wrote it and hid it. And at the same time, I was fascinated by fashion. Both my parents were really into fashion and they loved to dress up and go to fabulous affairs. And my mother had a black tie closet, literally, with evening gowns and evening shoes and bags. It was fabulous. And I lived vicariously through her. But also, I was the tallest, skinniest one. And by the time I was 13, rather than being awkward in my clothes, I started modeling. And then suddenly my tall, skinny body was perfect for model size clothing. So my life changed as a result of embracing the world of fashion and the writing I continued. Well, I knew from when I was 12 that I wanted to write. I wanted to write books. You know, I wanted to work in this space of writing an image. And it took me 20 years from that time when I was 12 to write my first book. 20 years. Now, I didn't say, oh, I'm going to give up. I want to write and I'm not doing it. I actually did write. I started my career at Essence Magazine where I was writing, first in the lifestyle department. And seven years later, I was invited to be the fashion editor. And about... Seven years after that was when I started my business. And I've been in business for a very long time. So why am I telling you this? Patience. I knew from when I was 12 that I wanted to write a book. My first book I published at 32. I was writing. I got a job where I was writing. I was writing and, by the way, because I was at a magazine and just happened to be offering my skills that I had learned as a model to all the work that I was doing, I also got involved in image and styling because it was needed. 
before I became a fashion editor. I kept my eyes on the prize. I kept, my, you know, my heart was there to be a writer. My heart was there to be engaged in fashion and style. And so I did it. I would style photo shoots in the lifestyle department, even though they didn't have to be styled. But, you know, you go into an environment, you want it to look a particular way. You're interviewing people. You want to make sure they look their best. So I would go ask people, can I go into the closet with them and pick out their wardrobe for the shoot? It was really fun. It was fun and it had my prize still in the picture. I was doing what I could in the space that I loved because I loved it. And even though it wasn't my job per se, I still wanted to do it. So I had to be patient in the sense of, you know, actually when I moved to New York, I wanted to get a job as a fashion writer. <coughs> pardon me, a fashion writer, but there was no fashion writer job that I knew of. I was offered a job in lifestyle. So, so I took the job so that I could come to New York so I would have a chance. As I say, it was seven years later when I got the opportunity to work in the fashion department. Seven years. When you're young, seven years is an eternity. At around that same seven-year mark is when I got the contract to write my first book. So these two things that I had been dreaming about and working toward began at about the same time. Patience. Years of patience. In, in that case, it was seven years for the job and maybe eight or nine years before the book came out. 20 years from when I thought I was going to do it. From there, for me, that first book, Jumping the Broom, The African-American Wedding Planner, some of you may know it, became a bestseller. And because it became a bestseller, the door opened for me to write other books. As of today, I've published seven books. That little girl, that little 12-year-old girl, her dream came true, but way later than when she wanted it to. So I ask you, how about you? What are those dreams that you have that are just living in your heart, in your spirit? And what are you doing about them? Being patient does not mean sitting back and saying, oh, it'll happen sometime. Actually, if that's what you're doing, it's never going to happen. You have to put a tremendous amount of energy into whatever the dream is and have patience and faith that the best outcome will come in due time. You can't be jealous of other people when they get accolades for something you think is yours. You can't get bitter because it's not happening on your schedule. Or you may have to do five other things that have nothing to do with your dream in order to support your dream. You can't get bitter about those things. You just have to stay the course, keep your energy up, have patience and faith that it's going to work out. That is so much for me to say. I realize saying this to all of us, it sounds great. It sounds um it sounds doable, but it almost sounds like, well, it's doable for that person over there. Maybe it's doable for you, Harry. Obviously, things have worked out for you. That's one of the challenges that 
I recognized early on because I've been a public speaker for a long time. People often think the speaker, the person who has the microphone, the person on stage has it all together. But the person on the other side in the audience, oh, I could never do that. I don't know how I could ever make that happen. That person on stage is different from me. Have you ever had that thought? That person has it all together. That person is a celebrity. That person is top of her game in whatever her field is. We start making excuses and distancing ourselves from whoever that person is who is who has the mic. And usually the only difference between that person and us is that that person has pushed a little harder and maybe more strategically. And so that's what we need to do. Think about who you know who can support your dream. This is one of those things that we hear all the time. Who you know is as important as what you know. I want to tell you that this is true. It may not be fair, but it's true. You could be expert at something so good. You have studied for so long. You may have gotten the top degree that you can in your field of interest. You may have had your head down and done your best in your job and have excelled at doing the job. But when you look up, you notice that all these other people have gotten ahead of you. You're, How did that happen? That's not fair. They're not treating me fairly. Point the finger this way. When that happens, this is what I need you to understand. You have not done something that is essential for your growth. And usually that means you have not developed relationships with other people who can support you. Sometimes we have our laser focus on so much so that we don't even think about what are the other steps necessary to reach the goal, to make the dream manifest. Relationships, context, engagement, interaction with other people, that is part of it. It's an essential part of it. We are human beings. We need to connect with each other. Even when we are brilliant, even when we are at the top of our game, when we separate ourselves from everyone, we often don't thrive. Human beings need to connect with each other. And I'm going to go back to when this COVID epidemic started and we had to come home during quarantine, during the lockdown, people who did not communicate with others, people who went home and hibernated and didn't reach out and didn't respond when others did and just really isolated, had a tremendously difficult time. People who didn't turn their camera on when they had the opportunity to see one another and connect in that way, wilted. A lot of people did. A lot of mental health challenges grew. And I am not blaming people. Let me be clear about this. There are people who have had legitimate mental health concerns, some far bigger than what I'm simply talking about. But I know that the rise in mental health challenges, it, it was exponential in part because we were isolated, in large part because we were isolated. And if you didn't work hard to connect with others during that isolation, the 
depth of sorrow and loneliness and disconnection may have impacted you much greater than you ever imagined. So connection to human beings, connection to each other is essential to live and is absolutely essential to making our dreams come true. No matter how smart you are, I'm going to say this again, you can't do it alone. We humans need each other. And you have to select your humans well. (laughs) We know that relationships can also be tough. People are not always honest. People don't always treat us the way that we would like to be treated. We don't always treat people the way that they want to be treated. But it is essential and worth it to figure out who your people are, to make your tribe. I have a friend, Charles Ward, who always talks about his tribe. And he and his wife, Cheryl, are very particular about who gets to be part of their tribe. Why? Because if you get to be in the inner circle, you have to pass the trust test. You have to have the honor and capability of being with them in a way that is uplifting, not that it's going to bring you down. I think that's brilliant. Who is part of your honor circle? Who is part of your tribe? who is there to support you, to cheerlead you, to tell you the truth in ways that you can hear it? Who is that? Who is there to help unlock a door that you may not even see? You know, in the world of business, we often call that being a sponsor. Who are those people who can be, have access to the rooms you want to be in when you don't have it? who can cheerlead you and strategically create opportunities for you because you're ready and help to open that door. Who are those people in your world? I want you to know that part of this process that Shirley Ralph talked about of being patient includes being ready, sharpening your skills, crafting those relationships, identifying people who would be great to be part of your tribe, part of your community. Being patient does not mean sitting back and waiting for something to happen. That's the point. Being patient means you, if you have a goal and a dream and you want to reach that, it means working hard toward the goal, becoming expert at whatever it is that is your dream, aligning yourself with people, with institutions, with communities that support your dream, but not being arrogant, not having the false belief, well, it's my turn, why am I not getting it? That bitterness will easily make sure that you don't reach your dream. Have humility, keep the focus, do the work, become excellent at what you do, and then the doors will open. Like I mentioned about being invited to do fashion after seven years, why that invitation came is because I was doing it, not as a job, but I was doing fashion in my other job, in the lifestyle job. Every opportunity that came, I was engaging all of my skills. 
So when the moment came for me to step into the fashion role, I was ready. My boss saw that I had the capabilities. I wasn't going around saying, I want this. Why can't I have this? Absolutely not. I was doing the work with joy and not even waiting for the opportunity, just doing the work and making sure people could see that I was perfecting my skills and offering those skills in service of the moment. And that patience for me ended up yielding incredible results. The same can be true for you. And it may have already happened. If you look at the little victories in your life, how did they happen? You got good at something and other people recognized it and gave you a chance to go to the next level. It doesn't usually work if you're just pushing your way through. Creating alignments with others, that's when it works. And so I want to invite you to engage patience as you stay the course and put all the energy that you have into your goals and dreams. Do the work with love, with respect, with humility, and with your eyes wide open. Notice the people surrounding you who can support you and create real alliances with them, not opportunistic ones, real alliances with them as you continue to keep your focus. And then trust that the day is going to come. It probably isn't coming exactly on the timeline that you created, but it's coming. It might take seven years. It might take one year. It might take a few months. Or like Shirley Rev, it might take 40 years. Whatever it takes, it's okay. Be patient be your best, and then see what happens. It's so good to be with all of you. Thank you for spending this time with me. Until next time, have a great day and make it count. Namaste. 